Welcome back to another episode of Fractional with Chris Capone and Associates, and the stars have aligned finally, <laughs> and I get to have Natalie English here, who is the president and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. I've been looking forward to me this too. for a long time. And before we start, I got to just like do the shout out of how much you have helped me with my business, the opportunities that the Chamber has given me. And uh, being able to work with you guys as the fractional CFO has been just, yeah, it's just, it's it's been awesome. Well, I could say the same thing because as you know, we had been through some transitions and, you know, I have this really big vision of what we can be as an organization, as individual team members and, and on behalf of the community. And I I couldn't be doing it without you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And to think we met on a yacht. I know. I know. It's just, (laughs) and it's so funny, like just how how this has all come together. It's just been so organic, like yeah. serendipitous. You just meet somebody and then you never know where it goes. I and, know. and so, yeah. Yay. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you said it. I mean, you are a visionary. And I mean, what you've accomplished and where the chamber is going is just, it's so cool. Thanks. And um, and so that's really, you know, what I'd like to to talk about today and share with with the listeners. But first, Tell us about like you know your story. Who's Natalie English? Oh, oh gosh! And how did you how did you how did you get here? Oh my gosh, that was such a circuitous path. <laughs> I am um, I'm I'm a North Carolina native. I've never lived outside North Carolina. Grew up in a one of the five poorest counties in the state, and so grew up determined to get out of town mm-hmm. and never go back. Uh, Roanoke Rapids, great great hometown. I love to visit, but I never I knew I didn't want to go back. Got a full scholarship to major in chemical engineering at NC State University. I did not know that. Chemical engineering. <laughs> I did. You're using a lot of that degree right now, huh? <laughs> I do use it sometimes. Yeah. When I have to work on environmental issues, I actually understand the compounds and such. Because that's, that's, that's nice. You yeah. know, I'm one, of, I'm one of five girls in a you know uh, middle, low-income family. Yeah. And, and so the full scholarship came, and I, I wasn't given a choice. Yeah, I was like, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's take that so one. So I took it, yeah. and, and it... In my sophomore year, I realized I did not want to sit in a lab for the rest of my life. And I had worked for my father in radio in my hometown. And so I was like, I'm going to be a TV reporter. So I'm going to change my major to communication. So that's what I did. Working in in the public television station, I started learning about uh, how they make policy at the General Assembly. It was a nightly news show that I got to work on. And I kind of fell in love with making policy or sausage, as we call it. And so I started um, lobbying and... Um, that first job that I got out of college led to a second job that led to another. And, and then ultimately, I was recruited to lobby for a statewide association, chemical manufacturers. So oh my, my job, my uh, my early part of my, I never up. got that degree. I got a communications okay. degree. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I had to give up the scholarship yeah. and uh, okay. when I changed my major. But those that year and a half or so in, like all my electives ended up being chemistry, calculus, physics. So when I got that that job lobbying for the statewide chemical manufacturers association, I knew what they were talking about. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. And from there, I was recruited to to lead the governmental affairs department at the Charlotte Chamber of Commerce, which is one of our largest chambers in the state of North Carolina. And um, and I decided I wanted to be a CEO. That that job that work really married my uh, passion for making my community better. With my ability to help people connect to the yep. other people and the resources that they need, I'm really good at that. And then I just, I can see, like, if, if you tell me you want to get to a certain place, a goal, I can see all the 
the stops along the way and the people that we need. It's just, I'm, I just, I don't know how I do it. I just can. And I love it. And, um, and I've gotten really good at hiring and developing team members. And so we've got a, an unbelievable group of staff at your chamber of commerce yeah. doing some amazing things. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, it's not a huge team either. No. And the amount of <laughs> the amount of work that gets put out the door and the amount of impact that, you know, the community realizes yeah. is, is incredible. It's fun. We, as a team, a couple of years ago, Lisa Leith led us through uh, a visioning of, our, of the team, not the, not the chamber, not the work, but who, who the team wanted to be. And cool. they resoundingly wanted to be a pace setter in the chamber world. They wanted to be a team that other chambers were like, we want to do that because yeah. I think you've heard me say in the chamber business, we call R&D rip off and duplicate. No, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> so we go off to conferences and right. we hear great ideas and then we rip them off and duplicate yeah. them because we're not competing for programs in another community. We right. might be competing on economic development, but not on chamber programming. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so we sense. go hear a great yeah. idea and and we want to rip it off and duplicate it. And so we want to be that chamber. They, and they said that resoundingly that they wanted to be, which is great because that's who I am. I'm all about I want to do it and I want to do it better and faster. I know. I know, <laughs> I know it. I know it. No, I mean, it's like the, you know, the, the, the visionary part and then, you know, your energy. I mean, you could just tell that you just, you truly love what you I do. do. I do. I mean, it's like so there's no fun. hiding it. <laughs> there's no hiding it at all. I do love it. I love, um, it's really cool to look back on um, initiatives or projects that I've been able to work on in Charlotte and now in Wilmington for mm -hmm. almost seven years that that I and they don't have my name on them. They don't need to have my name on them. Right. They're just really cool things that I get to know that I had an impact on. Yeah. So, yeah. so what was what posi when you were at the Charlotte Chamber? Mm -hmm. What positions did you hold there throughout your tenure? Sure. I think the first one, the title was Director of Government Relations, and okay. so I spent most of my time in Raleigh, in Raleigh yeah. um, walking the halls of the General Assembly, and then um, ultimately became the Chief Policy Officer. So mm -hmm. I had. Someone working for me who did the Raleigh stuff. I had some people working for me who did some of the local government things. And, and we really played a strong role in impacting the way Charlotte was developed. We, my team, uh, led bond campaigns when there were bonds on the ballot for wow. schools and community college investments and streets. And we led the campaigns to, to get the quarter cent or the half cent sales tax for transit, public transit. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then we led the campaign to defeat repeal of that tax. And so my son calls the light rail mommy's train. Oh my gosh. He was cool three. <laughs> yeah, he was three when we were doing all of that. And so he heard me every you know, every morning and every night taking him to preschool was, you know, a phone conversation about the train, whatever. Right. And so when it opened that that November and I took him on the first day for his ride, somebody teased him about going to ride the tax train. And he said, I am not. It's not the tax train. It's mommy's train. Oh, my so gosh. So we still call it that at my house. That's amazing. <laughs> it does not have my name on it, but that that's what amazing. we call it. <laughs> so then so doing all this in Charlotte and then how did we how did you get down to Wilmington then? A, a search consultant reached out yeah. and um, kn who knew that I had an interest in leading my own chamber. Right. And sure, Charlotte would have been a great chamber to stay uh, at. But two things. One, my boss was only two years older than me. He right. wasn't going anywhere anytime right. soon. And then two, I didn't have experience leading an organization. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I would probably have to leave and go to a smaller market. And right. um, And so... 
it was a great interview process, a super search committee who I still think very much of, and they've been tremendously helpful to me yeah. getting here and getting my sea legs, so to speak, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and really getting to know the right people. Uh, couldn't, couldn't be as successful as our team is if I hadn't had those leaders yeah. helping me along the way still. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, that's how I got here. I, uh, everybody says, how long are you staying or can we keep you forever? And I never, I never say never and I never say forever. Right. I, know I just That's said never one. twice, but, yeah. um, but I'm having fun and I still, still feel like I'm making an impact. I, um, said to a past chair when I had been here, I don't know, six or eight months. And he said, so Natalie, are you all settled in? And I said, no, sir. And if I ever do get settled in, in this job, y'all need to ask me to move along because yeah. it's not, I mean, the energy that you see and the passion that you see is required for us to do what we do. We are, we're leading the business community and Absolutely. we're, and we're um, advocating for our community and for the businesses. We're trying to motivate people to advocate. It's, it's not a sit in your office at your, in your desk chair kind of a job. And yeah. I wouldn't want it if it was. No, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I mean, to, to pick the Wilmington market as well. I mean, there's, cause there's just, there's so much opportunity Yeah, there is. and everything that, um, you know, that we're going through from just like, you know, just general growth in all, in all different ways, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to lead that growth in a way that's sustainable, like makes sense for the future, not just yeah. willy nilly, yes. just, Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, I mean, you're doing more than just like leading a team. Like, I mean, you know, the impact goes much further to local businesses, policy, and, you know, and, and all that good it's stuff. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, one thing, you know, one thing I really wanted to, like, to, to say is that, you know, people that are listening and they're wondering, you know, what does the chamber do? Why, you know, why should I join the chamber? And, you know, I mean, I just, it's, it, for me, it's been something that it you you get out what you put in, first of all, right? Like, if you're just going to join the chamber and I'm going to sign up and maybe I'll get some business leads, like, yeah. you know, right. that's, that's fine, right? But truly, if you sign up and you go to the events and you participate and you get to meet, I mean, to be able to, like, you know, I've seen you at events. Anybody can come up. You're going to say hi and you're, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. you know yeah. everybody. Yeah. And, you know, so why I don't understand why, you know, people, you know, can take more advantage of that. Well, sure they can. I mean, the existing members could. But then also the message we try to make sure businesses um, have about investment is if you invest in in the Chamber of Commerce, we're working on your behalf, whether you ever show up. So we're working on making sure business taxes and the cost of doing business stays relatively low. We're making sure that the regulatory environment is friendly to business growth. We're making sure talent is getting developed Yep. and attracted and retained in our community so that you can hire good people. good people. And so we're doing all of those things, whether or not you ever darken the door of an event. But if you darken the door of a few events yeah. every year, you're going to see some, some benefit, whether it's a connection that you make to solve a problem in your business, a connection that you make to sell a product in your business, right. or education about an issue that you didn't know you even needed, maybe, um, and you learned something that helps you grow your business. Those are kind of the things that we offer when you do participate. Yeah. No, I'm glad you say that because yeah. I didn't. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, you're investing in the chamber, and there is a ton of work that is being done on on your behalf as yeah, well. Absolutely. So, yeah. No, that's that's amazing. So. Let's talk like let's talk about what's going on at the chamber because I know there's a, there's a lot lot to talk about and maybe you know before we 
talk about what's going on. Like, you know, when you wait, when did you start with the chamber? What in year March was of 2017. 2017. Okay. So pre Florence. Yeah, pre Florence. Big old hurricane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So let's walk through that that history. <laughs> so 2017, and then a bunch of stuff happened between then and now. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So a hurricane, another hurricane, a couple tropical tropical storms, and and then a pandemic, and and so all of those things would ne- would could negatively impact a community. Um, and especially a membership organization like a Chamber of Commerce, if right. we let it, right? Right. And we didn't. Wilmington Strong, right? We got through Florence. We supported each other. Then this is across the entire region, making sure that uh, that people got back into their homes. And um, and I, you know, we want to talk about queen lobbyists here. Um, I was a broken record after Florence that um, all of the federal and state grant programs are focused on individuals. And yes, it's important to get individuals back into safe homes. It right. is. Right. But if you don't help the businesses rebuild and recover, then there's no job for some number of people to go back to. Yeah. And so I was a broken record. So when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. it was a little bit easier. People actually were like, oh, yeah, I remember she she said that over and over again, and we didn't have the means to do it. Mm-hmm. So when the COVID money became available to our local governments, I quickly reached out and said, let's create a small group business grant program. And, and the county staff were very receptive, and then ultimately the city staff. And we, the chamber, managed that grant process. It wasn't our money to give away. Right. We managed it. And then the county man or the county commission and the city council voted to give away over four million dollars to small businesses in our county wow. to help them recover and get through the pandemic. So so we all I think we came out of the pandemic as a hotbed of tourism, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of hospitality businesses which were impacted greatly. Yep. Um, but we were able to weather that economic storm better than some other communities and other downtowns and uh, tourism related communities have taken longer to recover than yeah, we did. Absolutely. And, and it, it started from what I learned after Florence, I had never lived in a community impacted by a natural disaster. And so I learned what wasn't happening for business and so was able to make a turn. That was when also the county manager was very receptive to the need for a business retention and expansion program, right. which means it's, you know, you, you, you've got economic development in a community, which is traditionally focused on attracting projects with new jobs, right. not always paying close attention to the businesses that you have in the community. And our partners at Wilmington Business Development do a phenomenal job on the attraction of larger projects and on retention with our largest employers, making right. sure to if they keep them, to, to keep, keep them, them uh, here to get the help them expand if that's what they're looking for. And so, Wilmington Business Development does super job. There's there's a limit to how much they can handle, right. literally in projects. Um, so so we uh, worked with the county manager to create a program, and then the county manager asked if the chamber would run the small business retention development and expansion. Uh, awesome. program and so Josh how and that's, and that's when Josh came yeah in. Josh yeah, came in it. November of 21 and he's visited gosh um, I think he's over 200 different businesses in New Hanover County since he got here and mm-hmm. most of them are small manufacturers that nobody even knows are here I know I love listening to his uh, reports so I'm like I didn't know they were here uh, how yeah. cool is that it's very cool and companies that are uh, making an impact globally like 
Champion Valves is the company that makes some valve thingy. I don't know what it is, but but Josh does. And um and they're selling their product all over the world from making it right here in, in Wellington. Wellington. Yeah. How he cool just he just worked with a, a French company that wanted a North American headquarters and they chose Wilmington, North Carolina. It's a small little bitty project. It's only, I don't know, a handful of jobs, maybe six jobs, but but they're here. They've yeah. chosen here. And so when they decide to expand more, that potentially could be manufacturing landing in whether it's New Hanover, Brunswick, Pender, Columbus. I mean, it just helps the entire region when yeah. things like that happen. So that's an interesting topic. You know, like, I guess, you know, the Wilmington Chamber is, I mean, technically it's New Hanover County, right? I mean. Yeah, our name, our legal name is the Greater Wilmington Chamber of Commerce. Okay. And so there are three chambers in Brunswick County. There's a Pleasure Island down in Carolina Beach Chamber, right, yep. a Riceville Beach Chamber, and there are two chambers in Pender County and one in Columbus County. Got it. Uh, and we we are the best resourced with people and, and funds. And so as the the Greater Wilmington Chamber of Commerce, we can play a role in all four of those counties that Got our it. partners might not be able to. And so we work closely with our partners to try to provide that um, support yeah. and voice, right? And, and you know, the, the more the more voices that are counted in your voice makes it a little yeah. bit louder voice when you're talking to elected officials. Yeah, and, and where I was going with that is, you know, I mean, whether it's New Hanover County, Brunswick County, Pender County, I mean, it's it's all good. Right. It's all good for the area. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, and, you know, commerce doesn't know a county line. Right. Exactly. So, it's some imaginary. Exactly. Well, not, I don't know. So there, It's a line that, you, you <laughs> it's know. It's not totally imaginary. Not totally but, imaginary. You know, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, oh the cash register doesn't know any difference. <laughs> no. No, exactly. So, yeah. So tell me, like, the, the I want to talk a little bit about the COVID, like, how those grants came through because I, I don't really understand you know a lot of money got put out Ooh. there and you know I'm just curious how how did that trickle down to and let's use Wilmington specifically okay. like specific case study how did the money get from the federal government down to Wilmington yeah you know like walk yeah. us through that because yeah I don't understand well it. you know some of it pretty well um uh, because you helped clients with this part of it, so there were there were those direct COVID grants that happened early on, right? Like the PPP right? and the EIDL right. and that stuff, but like more right. like okay. yeah. So so yeah. so then, um, and I can't remember exactly how the federal government decided which communities would get which dollar amounts, but they were sending money. Did it go to the state, and then the state would determine both. which county? So both. So some. Did, so somebody went even, through the did state. They even know? <laughs> I don't know if they do at this point. It was a lot of money. Oh, my um, gosh. But, uh, so, so, but the, the county and the city did get direct allocations Got from it. the federal government and in yep. okay. the millions and millions of dollars. And it was based on, the, I think they were based on population numbers. Right, some type of I can't remember populous. what it was. Yep. but um, And so the city staff team and the county staff team sat around and started dreaming, how are we going to spend these dollars? Okay, so, so it goes. To, it went to the city of Wilmington, mm -hmm. and then the, the county and the city... No, 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 no. Just the... The county got a pot of money. Okay, the and city the city got, got a pot, pot of money. money. And got they it. spent okay. a lot of time in each organization dreaming about what could we do yeah, with the these dollars these that funds? would help with recovery. Right. They were recovery dollars. And um, they didn't spend a lot of time talking together about what would, would happen, but mm -hmm. but they had ideas. So the city had a, a grant program that gave money to not-for-profits in um, that that were struggling. So museums or Got it. art galleries, things like that that, that yeah. struggled during during the pandemic. And 
the county you know, looked at what are the things that we need to invest in. For example, now they have um, they've set up for forever. Um, I don't think they call it a pandemic department, but it's a department um, sort of focused on watching things like that are that are germ related. I'll call it. I can't remember all yeah, the, the yeah. terms, but like so they have people on staff at the county that are watching when there's um, you know illnesses that might creep up faster, so they don't have to re invent all of the infrastructure that they created right. to respond exactly uh, during the pandemic there there are people there who've written the book mm-hmm. right and so when when and if the time comes again the book can get opened and yeah, they and can build a standard it operating procedure right right hopefully it goes better than what happened in maui but right uh, right yeah right. I mean, yeah yeah that's that's a that's a whole, different, a, a sorry. whole I, different story i try not to judge if i'm not in the middle of I something know, but, but um but yeah and so the county um they they said they they said they I got a call we heard you loud and clear after Florence what do you think we can do to help business and I said we've got a governor and a legislature well not a legislature we've got a governor closing down businesses and so I spent a lot of time from I can see myself in my office at home with yeah. my phone to my ear saying to the mayor and the city manager yeah. and the city attorney but no you can't close car dealerships. People need to be able to buy their next car. What if they can't get where they're going? You can't, you know, it was just like every single day I had a different industry that needed our, our voice to, to get to elected and, and, and appointed leaders to say, no, if you do this, you're shutting down our economy and that's not the right thing to do. And so, you know, helping to create protocols and things like that. And then in that, uh, we created the grant program um, that came out of, I mean, that was like such an unknown like time period. Like, it really I, I, was. It's easy to look back in retrospect, yeah. right, and be like, "Oh, you know, why didn't you do this? We should have done That's that." Cool. But I remember, like, I wasn't dealing with anything at the level you were, <laughs> right? You know, but I was running a business mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how we navigate all this and mm-hmm. how we do it. But just like I remember those days, it was like this. This is something that I have never ever had to you know deal with. None of us. No had. one. No it was one hundred years ago. Yeah, the last one. <laughs> it was, and it was just like looking back. It was like, oh my gosh, that's insane. It is. It is. It's. Um, I think that it really. You really saw the cream rise to the top, if you will. And um, I'm, it's sad for me to look around um, at the counterparts that I had in the business across the entire United States, and and some of those chambers who um, are either still struggling to recover. Their, their revenue sources and such, uh, but but even some of them that are no longer in business. Yeah. But I will tell you, um, in the middle of April, when I did my cash flow projections, I was terrified that if all of the predictions were going to come true, April mm-hmm. of 2020, um, that small businesses were going to close, that tourism was going to fall off the off the wagon. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm looking at our cash flow projections, and if nothing, if everything came true, we were going to close the doors in August of 2020 right. of the 150 plus year old Wilmington Chamber of Commerce. If right. you don't think that was a Gosh. ton of stress, I I was sick yeah. <laughs> in my stomach for weeks. But but again, I had a team in place that even though we were all sitting in our home offices mm-hmm. on Zoom calls, you know, every five or ten minutes, it felt like yeah, it was yeah. all day, um, coming up with the creative ways to do what we do for our members that are that could still make a little money right Right, Um, to keep us in business and and those members were those who could um they stayed strong in their investment those that that might not have been able to they were still very supportive and they and and they didn't want to sever the connection because they saw the value and once 
they figured out what their recovery plan was, they were right back at the table. And we actually grew in 2020 because we were one of the few entities, if you will, in southeastern North Carolina still providing resources Mm -hmm. to to businesses especially. And so um, we're really proud of how we weathered that storm and um, and then have continued – our growth trajectory again, because I've just got a team that's ready to go all the time and be the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, you said the cream rises to the top and there's so many like good quotes out there about basically like whenever something happens, you can either look at it as an opportunity or you could be the victim and mm-hmm. just sit down and put, bury your head in the sand. Yep. And I think, you know, that was a defining moment for many people, many businesses, many things. And, it like, was. And the people that took looked at it as an opportunity or as a way to hey let's you know it's time to restructure re, you know pivot like mm-hmm. a lot of them have come out much stronger than Absolutely. they ever were and now you know the fiscal you know responsibility and like the fiscal management of an organization mm-hmm. is a little bit more robust right because yes. it's like okay if this happens again, that's in the back of everybody's Absolutely. mind if this happens again you know do we have enough cash on yes. hand uh, to oh be able gosh. to pay the bills for yes. six months or whatever yes well you know when so, i arrived in march of 2017 we had zero dollars in a reserve account for the wilmington chamber of commerce and they had been through some some really stark financial times yes. that I didn't know about until after I got here because they don't tell that stuff to you when you're interviewing for a job. They just didn't know. <laughs> they just forgot to mention no, that part. Yeah, conveniently. <laughs> um, but but we were we were in decent shape, but we right. had no reserves. And so um, so when the pandemic hit, by the time the pandemic hit, because I had a goal to to, to we had sixty thousand dollars in reserves, right. you know, yeah. on a on an eight at that time an eight hundred fifty sixty thousand dollar a year budget, right. So not enough at all no. to, to withstand operations. And so it's continued to be a major goal of ours. And and, and you know where we are now. Yes. Um, mm. We're in really, very, really good, very shape. good shape. Yeah. And um, and still counting dollars that are coming in. I mean, we've had some great victories just recently with uh, an, uh, an appropriation from the state legislature for our seventh grade career awareness and leadership development program. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. I had that. I was, I was, I was getting ready to. That was on the agenda. Let's, so let's go there. Tell I, us about so that. Exciting. Yeah. Um, so I've um, my whole career in advocating for business has has made it clear to me that 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 talent is the key. If you don't have the right people trained correctly in the right seats, then your your business is not going to be as successful as it can be. And now we're not making enough babies in the United States to replace all of the boomers yeah. who are retiring at rapid speed now. And and so we have to be more intentional about exposing younger people to the jobs that are available in their hometowns, especially. Uh, so many people, well, we've been sold, you know, for our, our entire childhood probably that you had to have a four-year degree. Exactly. And I still i am very proud of my NC State degree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I but I also know that there are lots of walks of life that can be had with significantly less education and cost. Yes, the and cost and make as much or more money. And so and we need them, right? Without tradespeople working on HVACs and plumbing and, and all of those things, we it. can't we it. can't survive. Our you know, know we need it. air conditioning and heat. We need need a safe toilet, all the things. And Absolutely. and that doesn't require a four-year degree no. at all. So um, so anyway, we I've been dreaming about this program for a long time, and I finally had a, a right person on our staff, Laura Primavera, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is very passionate about 
developing leadership skills in people and exposing them to opportunities. So we designed this program every month, uh, seventh graders. At the time, it was it was 40, a pilot of 40 kids go th- and they learn about one particular industry, the jobs in that industry, the education pathways for entry level, the next level, the next level. And in some cases, they get to learn that you go to work at an entry level and that company will pay to keep you getting educated for the next level and the right. next level. And and so we've exposed these seventh graders and their parents mm-hmm. and their grandparents. Um, right, it's the whole family. Their guidance counselors. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, kids. it's having a, a the guidance counselors. We we hear every month that oh, I had no idea we we had those jobs in Wilmington. So right. it's opening eyes for people, uh, even even those of us who do have means, mm-hmm. but especially the people who don't have the means to have that that exposure. We're also working on what we used to call soft skills. Now they're called employability skills, you know, um, public speaking, interpersonal communications, team building, teamwork, um, critical thinking. And so they get they get some problems throughout the year in these on these days. And so the General Assembly heard about our program and they want to test it to see if if we can run it district wide Mm -hmm. next school year. So we got a lot of money (laughs) to do that. So I tell people I'm the dog that got caught the school bus. Not exactly sure what I'm going to do with it, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I have no doubt that you're going to figure it out and do it in an amazing way. With Laura. With Laura. A, yes. Yeah. And that has a really positive impact. Yeah. So is that every, so New Hanover County School District. Correct. Correct. Every seventh grader. Every seventh grader in New Hanover County Schools. We, we're trying to figure out how we will run all of them through this program and, the, and build mm-hmm. this foundation for them as they move into the eighth grade and have to start thinking about their high school coursework. And right. and then when they get into high school and they have to start thinking about where might they want to go to school, college, community college, trade school, whatever that might be. Right. And um, But you, you we make them make decisions about all of those things without the exposure, without the awareness of what they could do and be. Mm-hmm. And so we're hopeful that this is making a difference. And we've got a um, great partnership with New Hanover County Schools to make it happen, yep. but also with UNCW. There's some awesome. researchers in the education department working with Laura to assess data from the time they go into the program um, to past. So they're looking at their performance in school, their um, absenteeism, because chronic oh, cool. absenteeism is a huge impact on um, a, a person's success later in life. And right. and so just really cool stuff that we will know about these kids as they go through the program and assess whether it's a, a productive program. We think it is. How many seventh graders are there? <laughs> Rough. Do you know? 1,800. 1,800. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're not sure. And the school, the, 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 School's team is terrified of what we're going to try to do, but I've got some ideas. So we're going to get together soon and start mapping it out. We have until, you know, next August, basically, yeah. to launch the program for the new school year. How exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just one great example of all of everything that's going <laughs> on. I mean, it's a, a, a huge, a huge opportunity, something new that's never been done. Right. And we get to run the, the pilot. Right. Right. I mean, that's yeah. Really what it is. Well, and that was, you know, again, New Hanover County Schools having a superintendent and we have a chancellor and we have a president of the okay. community college who are open. When I call them with a crazy idea like this, which <laughs> I did last last March, not 20, 
three, March of 22, I called the superintendent and said, hey, Charles, I've got an idea. He's like, oh, I love it. Let's do it. So we yeah. did it. Like literally turned it around and got the kids engaged in May. Started in March, got the kids engaged in May so they would be ready. Yep. They were sixth graders, but they would be ready to go into the program in August. And so having willing partners like Aswani Valetti, Charles Faust, and Jim Morton, yep. it makes it easier to do these things because yep. – they sometimes sound like crazy ideas, but things we've done in the past haven't worked, so I'm ready to yeah. innovate and try something new. Again, it, it goes back to the team and the people. Yeah, that absolutely. And there's just so many good people around here. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, there's just the opportunity of Wilmington in, in general. Mm -hmm. is just every day, it blows my mind. Agreed. And when I was, you know, when I was trying to figure out how to start my business, yeah. you know, when we met, yeah. you know, I was just kind of stumbling through some stuff and and literally every day i was just like oh my gosh this is crazy it oh is. my gosh there's so much there's so much opportunity for people that want to want to go and get it yes. right yes there is and and i think too the, the kind of business that you started the kind of business that lisa leith started those those businesses can be helpful to those of us who have a great business idea right um, because i I know, I know how i know how to dream up a, a vision and a solution right but right. But managing the money is not my favorite thing. I can do it, but it may, it does not make me happy. No. <laughs> so, make knowing that I can I can ha have somebody on my team who, in a in a moment's notice, I can ask a question that impacts our finances, the thing that keeps us afloat. Um, mm -hmm. And you have all that knowledge. Like I don't have to learn it all. I yeah. have you, mm -hmm. and I also don't have to pay the kind of salary I would need to have somebody like you on my team. Yep. Same thing with Lisa. And 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 it, for us, it's Beth Looney, who yeah, I exactly. adore. Um, and so knowing that she knows all the HR laws, I don't have to. And so I yep. just have to, she keeps me out of trouble. And um, and she, but she helps me figure out how to make my team happy. And I say, here's what I want to do. How do I get there? And then, oh, Chris, I want to pay this person this much. Yeah. You talk to Beth and y'all figure it out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I love it. I think it's, it's, it's so great. And, and I mean, people start businesses because they have a passion for doing something. Mm -hmm. And same thing for you. You yes. have a passion for, you know, business development, supporting communities, you. you know, growth. And so, like, you didn't go into the, you know, your role because you wanted to be able to manage the finances, <laughs> right? right? Like, people don't start businesses no. because they're like, oh, I'm going to have a really good accounting system. <laughs> you know, it's going to be all. No, they start a business because they have a, an idea yes. and a passion, yes. and they want to do that. Yes. And so, you know, the, the sales pitch is not that hard. It's, hey, you focus on running your business and doing what you love, and right. we'll take care of the stuff that is very important, but you just don't worry about it. You right. sleep good at night. Right. So it's working so far. It is. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's, and that's, and you know, and that's what's so cool. Like, large corporations and businesses are very important, right? Yes. I mean, they yes. provide a ton of support to local communities yes. in so many different ways. But small business is so fun and cool because the impact you make, like you see how that impacts a business owner right. who can then take care of his family, yep. who can then hire more people yep. and do more business within the mm -hmm. local community, mm -hmm. which it's like this continuous it cycle. Is. It is. And, um, you know, I think that, and, and you know, to, to like the change agent and like, you know, making change is that, you know, when small businesses get together and, you know, they, there's, you can change from the bottom up yeah. as opposed to just 
things coming down the pike that you have to deal with. Absolutely. Right? Well, and you know, most most communities, ours is like most. It's around eighty percent of the businesses are small businesses, right? And so there's a, sometimes a misperception that chambers only care about large businesses. The large businesses already have access to everything chambers do. They they hire their own lobbyists. They hire their own professional development people. They you know they can pay for all of the things that because they invest in the local chamber of commerce, we can provide those things to small business owners right. who can't afford to hire a lobbyist, who can't afford necessarily to hire professional development or right. or do other things that that we can do for them. And so so it really is important to have an organization like a chamber of commerce in any community. Yeah. You know, and that's that's something that I think I've overlooked as a benefit is the, the whole idea of lobbying and and greater benefit for the local community. Because, you know, and I think a lot of people probably have a similar idea. It's like, okay, I joined the chamber. You know, I go to networking events. You know, I can market between businesses. But that's something I've actually, like, completely overlooked. And, that, you know, we're talking. It's a huge it's a huge part of, yeah. of what of the value. It is. I think you were at our board meeting last week when I announced um, in the budget bill there's this little piece of legislation. So I've for 20 years, it feels like now, been been advocating for a new source of revenue for transportation infrastructure. Yes. Right? We can't build roads and bridges fast enough. Yeah. And yes, I want a new bridge. I have to say that. I know. I, know. I, was, I was not going to let that. you out of the room without saying <laughs> but, that. <laughs> but, but, but this is, I mean, even when I was in Charlotte, right? Yeah. You just can't build roads and, and things fast enough to keep up with population growth because that those things come after the growth. And the only source of revenue in North Carolina to fund transportation infrastructure is the gas tax. And because okay. cars are required to be more fuel efficient right. today, because EVs are coming in the marketplace so strong, and, and because in the urban areas, a lot of people aren't driving cars at all, the gas tax revenues are declining on a pretty steady steep and have been for years. Even as the prices are going up, even Correct. as fuel prices are going up. Correct. Correct. So, um, and so we've been advocating for years to, to find a new source. And so this past year, and I'm sorry to the electric vehicle drivers, but they've been paying a fraction a year of a user fee, basically, to what we pay those of us who drive gas-fueled cars. And so they're trying to level the playing field at the, at the legislature and increase the revenue. And so that fee is, is higher now. And it's not exactly the average of what those of us who drive gas cars pay, but right. it's closer and, um, and, and so that was something that, you know, I don't talk about that all the time that, that we're working on those kinds of pieces of legislation, right. but they're critical for the future. Yeah. And, absolutely. and that's just one example of, just, of something exactly. that you guys are working on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, we've yeah. been advocating this year, uh, on some solutions to what they're calling the childcare cliff. Um, okay. there was a lot of COVID money that went to support childcare centers because closures were impacting them. And, and that COVID money stops in December of this year. And so, uh, we've been working with a coalition in, at the state level, trying to figure out what are some solutions for making sure we don't lose childcare seats, because that means a parent probably doesn't work, no, right? If, they, if, if the childcare seat is lost, then one of the parents is probably going to stay home. And historically, it's been the female. Right. And so right. um, we've been working hard to try to make sure we don't lose 
childcare seats. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have an answer yet, uh, but but we're working on it. I mean, that's a, I mean that's a big one and one that like is a much more uh, uh-huh. relative for me now with you know <laughs> having a, having a baby. But yep. you know, I've, like one of one of the um, guys that works um, with us, one of my associates, Dan, he's got two kids, and we're talking about what he pays for help for uh, childcare. Oh, I know, it's college tuition. And it's I, I mean I was just blown mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. and it, and and a lot of people it gets to the point where it's like. I could pay X for childcare and I make Y and what's the spread or why don't I just stay home with my kids? I can mm-hmm. make a little bit less money, but at least I get to be with my kids all day. Right. You know, and that's, that's a dilemma. It is. It is for some. It was not for me. I, I knew that my child was better off somewhere else and let me be happy doing what I Good. love. Yeah. Hey, and different, <laughs> you know? different strokes yeah. for different absolutely. folks. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. And I yeah. don't fault those women who, who right. choose to, right. or men for that matter, who right. choose to stay home, but Lord, I know I know myself well enough. I, 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 I do joke with Natalie. I'm, I was like, I would be the coolest stay-at-home dad ever. <laughs> For about one hour. Yeah, exactly. It's no, hard I know. work. No, I would oh, go my nuts. gosh, no, it's I hard know. work. I'm not total joke yet. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm, I really do feel lucky that I get that I can wake up and go to work. It's, you know, it's yeah, like, and, yeah. you know, we have fun with, we have fun That's with, awesome. with what we do. That's awesome. But so, um, yeah, so, you know, what on top of the – uh, CLDA, the Career Leadership mm-hmm. Development for the mm-hmm. seventh graders. Mm-hmm. What other, you know, kind of visions, dreams oh. do you have that you can share? Yeah, with so us? you know, and, so it's it's what comes after that, right? So yeah. we've got uh, Laura. She's so she's as creative as as I am. She's working with some of the seventh graders who went through the program last year, and she's created an eighth grade mentorship. So okay. some of them, not all of them, have engaged in that. So she and I are starting to, to dream about what does it look like then and when when all of the seventh graders go through, then how do we help them build on? Some of the things that they do in the seventh grade program is some assessments that tell kids what your your propensity for the a, a job might be and your it's it's really interesting. I don't yeah. know how it's like a it's almost like a personality test. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, it can tell you what you'd be good at. Work, right, work, like which it, kind of leads yeah. you in the direction yeah. where you yeah. use your skills. Yeah. The best. So yeah. we've talked about maybe in an eighth or a ninth grade year, we take their top two, and that year they spend more time in mm-hmm. those that then might in a tenth or eleventh grade year lead to an apprenticeship or an internship right. in that industry in our community. And the studies show the research shows that um, a, a, a young person who spends time working in a company, not just a job, but a company, mm-hmm. they tend to accept an employment opportunity and are more loyal than those that don't Got it. to that particular company. So if we can start to create that kind of pipeline in yeah. our community, then I think that talent conversation is one we don't have to really worry right, about. Right, exactly. And yeah. it's, I mean, the solutions that, that we're implementing and that you guys are doing is the, the solution to this problem is not a short-term Mm-mm. fix, right? Mm-mm. I mean, so what I see is, is this is long-term strategic initiatives yes. that will take some time to come to fruition, mm-hmm. but you got to start now. Yes. And if you keep that going, imagine what that turns into, exactly. you know, down yeah. the road. And that, you know, to that end, um, the talent challenge is not an overnight solution and right. a quick fix. Yeah. We also know that as a region, we attract more retirees right. than we do workforce-aged people. And we know that when our major employers are trying to attract a specific talent that we don't um, – uh, develop here. So right. some special engineer or something from some university in the Midwest, people don't 
aren't familiar with Wilmington, North Carolina from a live-work perspective. A lot right. of people know we have great beaches and, and a river and a lot of outdoor fun, but they right. don't know what it's like to live and work here. And so we've been working to create, we will launch next month, a brand for talent attraction that will help folks who are considering a relocation uh, to see all of the, the the benefits of living and working here. So when they get that opportunity to apply for a job or to accept a job in Wilmington, North Carolina, they'll see why it's a good decision. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool, really cool stuff. Yeah, I've and not- Megan Mullins, my rock star marketing um, and engagement yeah. officer, she's been she's amazing, and she's been shepherding that through the process, and we're going to launch that brand next month, or yeah. this month, later this month. Oh, my so, gosh. That's yeah. super exciting. Cool stuff. Yeah, that's I'm I'm really looking forward to that, and I've been able to be a part of some of the uh, the group, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, group, the focus groups. Yeah, the focus yeah. groups, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. kind of see. So I'm really excited. To, yeah. to see where that you know to see where that comes out, and you know, like you know, right now, and you know, my life cycle, business life cycle, I'm you know trying to find good people, sure. just like everybody, right? Sure. And you know, as a professional services firm, you're only as good as the people that you mm-hmm. have, right? I mean, we're not selling or manufacturing anything. Right, right. We're, we're, we're providing a service. Mm-hmm. And um, I've definitely, you know, had, you know, had my like feelings on how that works. But I also, you know, have kind of made it a goal to, you know, how can I also work alongside this in my own way to mm-hmm. like, you know, to build some awareness about yeah. what we're doing down yes. here. And, um, you know, so it's, and that's the, also the cool thing about the Wilmington business community is that it's, it's pretty, you know, it's a pretty small, I mean, it's, Wilmington's a small community, sure. right? you know, and it's, you know, it, sometimes it could be perceived as hard to break into, but I think that there are so many, if you were to go to a chamber event or go to a local event and you were say, Hey, I'm new to the area and I'm yeah. trying to meet people, yeah. I, I know there'd be so many people that would be willing to take you under their wing and there would kind be. Of show you around. And yeah. I think that's what's really cool about Wilmington is we do still feel like a small town. We're not. We're right. a small city right. now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we still feel like a small town. And so uh, you're able to jump in. And if you're willing to take a risk to help make great things happen in this community, the door's open. Come yeah. on in and help us make great things happen. Uh, and I think that um, we also... Uh, are a community that while we are a small city, we have a lot of the amenities that the, the larger cities in our state have. The, this is becoming one of the best foodie communities I've ever been in. I mean, like, I, it's like, which restaurant do I want to go to tonight? And <laughs> so much fun. And then, yeah. you know, and then even the theater. And, you know, we have so many great concert venues from small and intimate to yeah, know, the, the, big live the big live Oak Bank Amphitheater. And yeah. so fun stuff to do. And then, of course, we have a river and we have beaches, and, we have and beaches. you know that's that's not something every big city can claim to have. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and I'll tell you, flying in and out of Wilmington Airport it's is beautiful. like one of the best things ever. <laughs> yeah, really? Oh, I know, right? Such easy access. It's so easy. And the number of nonstop flights are, are there, uh, that we've that we've added yeah. has just it's been growing. amazing. So you can get anywhere with yeah. one stop, just about anywhere in the world with one stop. Yeah, yeah that's pretty wild. It's cool. Well, I think that's a pretty good. Pretty good spot to wrap it up. We're right at right at about our time. And um, thank you so much for coming. You're super busy, and you making time for me is, uh, is a really big thank deal. Thank you for asking. This has been fun. I awesome. enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining. Um, I'm sure that uh, you're all jumping in, ready to go join the chamber. So <laughs> go do it. We'll and, be happy uh, to take you. <laughs> yeah, please reach out to Natalie, her team, or myself, and we'd be happy to to talk about anything small Absolutely. biz. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. All right. Thanks.